All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, and uh, getting to catch up today with a guy that I've been, I guess, corresponding with for a long time. Long time. Paul Atkins, um, down here. We're in down here in Los Anchorage for, um, <laughs> and he's down here from Kotzebue. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know what to say. This is going to be one of those that I think it's kind of a where do you even, I where, don't, do you, where do you even start? <laughs> I know, you know, I. Uh, I left Cotteview Thursday. I got down here, and it was you know we've had so much snow, and then I then my wife called last night. Yeah, and there was another blizzard coming through. Jeez. So they got another eight inches yesterday. Oh man! And I think it's still snowing. So well, that's it's tough because it, it's been weird. That yeah, we don't. I mean, up in Fairbanks, we don't have. Yeah, it's probably average. I mean, not a ton of snow, but it's, right. we got a fair amount of snow. But I mean, it seems like recent years, Western Alaska has been just not getting anything right and then this year we got it all i know i remember back like 07 we got a ton of snow that year and it reminds me of those times and it's just it's just a lot of snow it's crazy so yeah but uh anyway paul's uh i you know i'm i say outdoor i say i'm an outdoor writer paul's been doing doing the outdoor writing game for a long time yeah i mean i don't know just uh Started where, in, yeah. Where how how did you get started? I, in I it? just where you I, from? I well I uh, I ended up I my, wrote my first article was published in '93, and it's always something I wanted when to I do. Was in like second, <laughs> when you grade. guys were like when you guys were like not even born yet. Uh, I grew up in in the Midwest. I grew up in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Kansas area, and did a lot of hunting. And uh, it was just something I wanted to do. It wasn't. I'm not a. I'm not a. I don't have a degree. Yeah. in English or any of that kind of stuff, <laughs> but I just love hunting so much that I thought, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to write some stuff. I want to write this stuff down. I want to write about adventures because for me, I'm a hunter who writes, not a writer who hunts, and that's, yeah. a, that's a big difference. A lot of people don't yeah. understand that. And maybe you know, in the early days when I would write a lot of stuff, it was, you know, my the grammar, the all it was awful. I oh, mean, I, I read back on some. Oh, my stuff too. And, oh, like could you guys just delete that? <laughs> yeah. And and uh, and but you know it's a craft like anything else. And over the years, it just grew. And uh, you know when I came to Alaska in '94 or '5, whenever that was, and ended up staying uh, in '99, I uh, told myself I'm just this this stuff needs to be written down. So yeah, and living up in the Arctic, you know, it's and you know where you're at too. It's there's when a lot he of, says the Arctic, he actually means <laughs> in the Arctic, not just. Referring to the entire state of Alaska yeah, as the it, Arctic, the Arctic <laughs> up here, you know. But yeah, we live. Uh, Cotsview is about fifty miles. Thirty, actually, I think it's the actual number is thirty-three. I always say about fifty. Yeah. So uh, just a nice round up. This like, round number. Yeah, my, of my moose was fifty. He is really about thirty-three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. But uh, but yeah, it's been good. It's been good, and uh, you know, it took off, and I just. I was, you know, diligent, and I just sent, you know how you do when you get started, you just send articles, you say, send them to this guy. No, nah, I can't use it. All right, send it, and just, yeah. and I just kept her hammering out. In the early days, they, you know, Eastman's, the the ones that would, you know, needed them and took mm-hmm. them, Eastman's, Hunting Fool, um, several Western Hunter, and uh, and you got, you know, it got out there, and they said, well, you can ride a little bit. Let's just keep doing this, and it just took off from there. And then Nice. Yeah, because I mean, you've been, you've been. I've seen your stuff, and was a bow hunting world. Yeah, I used to write a ton of bow hunting world stuff. Um, bow you hunter, know, a lot of the Alaska, like Hunt Alaska. Yeah, Alaska Sporting Journal, and uh, you know that's every month here lately. And I got an outdoor life once. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which that was that's something. For, I think that's that's special. What you do with your deal, I think, is. Uh, that's great too. But. Yeah, and it's I, I mean I like I tell people I can't take credit for getting in that. I mean the only thing that I actually did to put myself in that position was like sheep hunting, right? And kind of being a smart, kind of be a smart ass, right? Because <laughs> like, I had uploaded you know some sheep pictures to right. the little forum page or whatever it was back in the day, and well, it took off for you. And that's yeah. I mean that's just it. That's that's and I. You know, a lot of people they do it for fame and fortune. I just do it because I like doing it, and yeah. I, I enjoy it, and it's fun. And you know, if, if when I'm long dead dirt, you know, at least they'll be my kids will have my, their kids will have. That's when you know he did all this stuff. Oh yeah, I mean that's something I, uh, that I think a lot of people 
even if you never publish a single thing, right? It's, it's a valuable thing to kind of record what, yeah. like nobody, you know, journals or anything anymore these I know, days. With I know technology and the way it goes, you, you know, <clears> but <throat> just having something. And in, in, in some ways, technology helps. I think. Yeah, it does. You I've know, I've spent many a days. I spent many a days sitting in a tree stand typing on my phone. You yeah, know, when you're you know, or in a blind or hunting or wherever it can. Yeah, you know, just it's amazing how far it's come. I go back and look at all my. I got drawers of journal of yeah. of, of stenographer notebooks, and I look through them and go, Ugh. yeah. Well, you probably got started when you had to actually send hard copies. Hard copies. I actually, places. I actually, I, I was going through uh, some of my stuff the other day, and I found the old floppy disk. Oh yeah. And I, I don't know if people know I teach school too up in Cotsby. Yeah, that's what I, I, was I teach school, and so I, I get. I was looking through some of my old files, and I pull out these box of floppy disk, and I said, and I, I teach middle school kids, so I said, "You guys know what this is?" They had no clue what it was. Yeah. Didn't they <laughs> use that back in? I said, "Don't even try." So, yeah, I mean, even just, just... I don't even know if you can find a machine. Any, I guess you probably could get online and find one where they could actually. But, yeah, I would just look at them. They'd be like, Hunt 2002. Uh, I wrote a story. What was it? Um, uh, Barren Ground, something like that. It was on Caribou. Yeah. And I thought, man, I wonder what is actually on that. <laughs> yeah, and then not be able to... It's like even the VHS <clears throat> players, they're starting to get yeah. few and far between. Few and it's, far uh, between. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like that, my generation just I, I say my generation just I rem, have gone from you know black and green like Space Invaders, right, 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 to all the way through. Oh gosh, what it is uh-huh. now, you know? I mean, and yeah. I can I can only imagine, you know, because you're quite a bit older than I. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the old days, I don't even uh, you know my son nowadays. He's well, you know how kids are, even younger than you. Yeah. You know, they, it's just unbelievable. I so, said, he was playing a game the other day, a video game, and it looked like a movie to me. And I'm like, good gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, we, uh, I remember my my dad was a football coach, and I remember being, I'd go to like a lot of the road games with him on the bus. Mm-hmm. And I remember a couple of high school kids. I, I was little, I, you know, eight, nine, ten years right. old, something like that. And I remember a couple of the, high school kids joking about yeah you know someday it's going to be yeah son when i was a kid you actually had to push the buttons you had to push buttons and stuff for video games yeah. and it's it's crazy <laughs> it's absolutely crazy so but uh but yeah man i uh you get get up to all sorts of cool stuff out out in Kotzebue. Well, you do mean, that's like that's where do you start, you know? Well, you know, a, a lot of guys, uh, like, we just had the draw, right? The mm-hmm. Alaska draw. And they said, what'd you put in for? I said, well, I don't really have to put in for anything. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about living up there and hunting and fishing and stuff is because, you know, uh, moose, what is it? Moose, grizzly, caribou, wolves, all that stuff, muskox, yeah. somewhat. You know, we don't really have to, we don't have to draw anything. All we got to do is buy a hunting license and go. Yeah. Though it would be nice to get that buffalo tag one of these days. Oh yeah, all of us. I know I'm not the only one that that, that, that says that because you know all of us have been putting in for 20 years. I put in for 20 years, still haven't got it. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty coveted. But you know, it, it, I'm happy with what we got going. So it's, it's yeah, good. it's you know, I don't know. We always talk like the 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 draws are just kind of a bonus, right? It seems like you yeah. know we we all wait to make our plans till after they come out, right? Right. But you know. Anybody who's really serious doesn't really count on right. the draws to determine whether it or not they're going to go hunting. Yeah, it doesn't decide what you're going to do. You're still going to go hunting, and and there's you know like we were talking the other day. There's places you can go. You don't need to don't need to draw no tag yeah. if you got the willpower to do it. So yeah, how uh, how big's Cotsbury nowadays? I mean, it, uh, obviously it's not big, but it uh, you know it was about thirty five hundred population. It's getting yeah. it's thirty three thousand. And uh, that was a few years ago when I checked. It's probably around three thousand nowadays. But yeah, it's uh, it's getting less. I think the population's decreased. The people are moving back to to the city. Um, you know, it's not cheap to live up there. No, uh, and, for certain. And you know, from my limited travel out in the bush, you know, different villages and stuff, the play, you know, they're all expensive, and a lot of them, I think, would be 
paradise if you were big time in if all you wanted to do is hunt and fish and right. trap. Yeah. If you if you're not interested in that stuff, I, you I, do not I, have anything out there for you. I agree. You know, I, I when I went up there, I had an aunt and uncle lived up there for in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. That's how I ended up going oh, up there. Oh gotcha. So I just went up there to go hunting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I did that a couple times and then came back and went back another time. And I had been in construction and hunting and fishing down south. And and they had a teacher opening. They said, you, and I had a degree. And they said, you want to stay and teach? I said, yeah, I'll stay. So I was going to stay for a year. Well, 20, whatever it is later, I'm still up there. <laughs> but, yeah, that, you know, I went to hunt and fish. And, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's my home now. So I love it. Oh yeah. The thing I love about Cotsby and hunting up there is you can just go anytime of you know, twenty four seven, three sixty five. You can either get in your boat and go, or you can get in your snow machine and go, get yeah. on your, your four wheeler and go. And, is there is there and, any vehicles really in, yeah. in Cotsby? Like yeah. there's you know some you know, I've been in villages where the only you know only transportation's wheel you know there's like one town truck right, or whatever right, right. but the only you know in the actual village the only dry grounds oh. is the the school and the and the gravel airstrip you know yeah but uh Cosby's got nine miles of road oh nice and yeah it's uh it's a regular everybody's got a car oh nice <laughs> yeah when i first you know we even have it's, the roads are paved even oh wow yeah uh some not all of them but lots of them yeah huh. uh you know um, paved roads come to the Arctic or whatever they say about it. But, yeah, there's lots of cars. Everybody's got one. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, places like, you know, I've been to Bethel several times, yeah. and that's, you know, is a pretty good-sized town right. for where it's at. Yep. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It's something you always, you never know whether, because a lot, a, lot a lot of the villages, you know, it's in the wintertime, there's no plow truck. Like, everyone yeah. just pulls the snow the snow machine up to the door and right right and when in the early days when i first up there, went up there that's the way it was everybody you had a snow machine or you had a four-wheeler or a three-wheeler in those days yeah. so uh but nowadays it's you know there's big four-door silver new trucks just everywhere and they obviously get they just barge them yeah they barge them barge up. them around barge the them up. yeah barge them up or uh in some cases fly them up so wow on those big cargo planes huh so it's crazy. <laughs> I imagine it's probably a tough to get rid of a lemon. It is up there. You know, I I've actually I've never had a car shipped up there, but I've owned two. And um, most of the people just leaving. I need to sell this. You want to buy it? Yeah, yeah. And you get some good deals. I, this is how crazy it is. I have a '96 Subaru Legacy or Outback or whatever it's called. Yeah, '96. It's got twenty. 4,000 miles on it. Wow. <laughs> All Kotzebue miles. Wow, that's crazy. You know, and so when I sell it, I bought it for, you know, pretty much not much, and then I'll be able to sell it probably. And I've had it for 10 years. I'll probably be able to get my money back. So wow. they just trade. Yeah. <laughs> you just trade vehicles and snow machines, well, four-wheelers and everything else. Yeah, it's what you can do, you know, and then I imagine like anywhere else, you know, once the the wheelers and sleds get Toward yep. broke down, they just end up at the they, dump. They end up at the dump within. We got quite the dump up there too. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, that's crazy. Now, uh, I mean, I keep threatening to go up there. The thing, I, my excuse for not running up there and uh, goofing around with you is, is you got you got to go through Anchorage to get up there. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Yeah, you can't you just know. fly across. Yeah, you know it's it's closer to fairbanks but yeah. none of the air services up there know. you know we've got kind of our local little tiny regional mm-hmm. stuff that that services the communities out there and mm-hmm. even out to i think it was no nah, basically everything yeah i don't wet, think bethel go, yeah. that direction is all through anchorage I right everything you gotta go to st mary's or yeah. maniac or, yeah raven used to do it a long time ago uh they used to fly from cotsby to fairbanks but they don't do that anymore yeah, yeah, because we used to go to Fairbanks a lot and uh, and hang out. But uh, now you got to go to Anchorage and back up and around. Yeah, logistics are yeah are. I mean, I tell everybody logistics up here are the one of the big obstacles of right. doing anything. Right. Yeah. You know, because it you, probably costs it probably costs you more to come to Anchorage or as much to come to Anchorage as it does from Anchorage or Fairbanks to Seattle. Yeah, just about the same. You know, it's pretty close. Yeah, it's a killer. Yeah. You know, and that's like when people come and hunt in Alaska, they're always 
they don't they want to come and hunt up there hunt wherever but you know they want to come to the arctic and hunt they just don't understand the logistics and the cost of that yeah yeah i've got guys all the time uh let's go moose hunting this fall or let's can we want to come and hunt caribou that's the classic one there yeah. because caribou's easier and not easier but easier to get the tag and uh i said well it's gonna cost you 2500 3000 huh yeah I said, guys, you got we, we you know, we've, we've got to get a transporter, and it, it's just expensive stuff anymore. Yeah, that, and you know, or just all the 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 pieces that have to fit together. Right. None of it's cheap, and the timing, you know, timing is another thing. A right. lot of people, you know, well, I think, oh well, you know, we go go on a moose hunting trip for or caribou hunting trip, whatever for oh three or four days. Right, you know, and that's like the biggest hunting trip that they've ever gone. Because a lot of people, you know, and this kind of how it was when I was a kid. You know, we didn't bat, we didn't camp out, right? Type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, I'm so used to it now that it's just my mentality. Yeah, you know, and you understand that a lot of time this stuff takes time, and it, it does. You know, and weather days, like weather I've days, seen people get bent out of shape. Oh yeah, over not, big time, over not being able to make big time. Yeah, I've had. That's happened. I mean, over all the years that I've had guys come and hunt with me or seen, been, you know, up there, whatever. Uh, weather, that's a killer. And then just timing, you know, especially on the caribou and moose, too, though. I mean, any animal actually is the timing thing because I've had, I've had guys come up and, and go caribou hunting for a week and not see a caribou. Yeah. Some of them get mad. Some of them, you know, yeah, I tell everyone. I tell everyone that <laughs> they don't care. Wanted to go caribou hunting. I said either they're there or they're not. <laughs> right. Yeah. I had a guy last night ask me that. I said either they're there or they're not. That's how hunting and that's how it goes. So yeah, you know, and then you get it moose hunting similar. You know, it's a, yeah. Everyone, I think a lot of people, and I, I kind of had the same thing when I first moved up here. Just a misconception that that there's a moose or caribou behind every every, every rock, right, and bush, right, and tree. Right. Yeah. And there, <clears throat> excuse me, getting over kind of on the tail end of a cold. Right on. Everybody's kind of uh, that way right now. They, uh, <clears throat> you know, you expect, and there is world, like world class hunting up here. Uh huh. But it's not like, mo- you know, just about anybody, if you haven't done it, it's not like you think it is. Right, right. I mean, it's like, you know, when I've, we all have the dreams of what Alaska should be. You know, there's a moose behind every tree or a bear behind every tree, and it's just not that way. But if you get out there and work your butt off and you get everything planned right, like we were saying, and you get the logistics down and you figure out your places you want to go, it's obtainable. And yeah. That's all you can ask for, really. Oh, yeah. That's how totally. I look at it. So, you know, it's over the years, it's been – I've had a lot of, of luck, success, luck, but, you know, it's taken time to figure out the places that I've been hunting and, you know – and. You know, you're talking about hunting partners. That's about as huge thing as anything else right there. Oh, yeah. For me personally, I know yeah. it is for you too. Choosing the right hunting partner. I, I think I've wrote several stories on that in the past. I know you've talked about it, but. You man, know, it's. It's it's so important. People just don't realize how important that is. to the nth degree, you know, it's not <clears throat> like, you know, a lot of people, if you're, if you're, I don't know, just a lot. I say this is like too general, but like lower 48 hunts. Right, right. That's. Too much of a generalization, but a lot of the types of hunts that people are used to doing, it doesn't really matter. You know, you may not get something if you, or you may have issues if you have the wrong right, hunt right, partner, right. but it's not, the consequences aren't that They're great. not, right. You know, when it's your, at most, you know, once annual, mm-hmm. even if it's like me, even if it's my sheep hunt that I get to do once a year. Right. Not to mention if it's like a once in a lifetime type coming up to go moose hunting, or, right? Right. Or for some people, you know, I, I've just heard so many stories like of my hunting partner this, my hunting partner yeah. that, my hunting partner gave up on me, or he just said was camp, this, didn't you know, do anything. And, and you, you, sometimes you got to you, you know, I I hate being a jerk to people about it, and I guess I don't run into it that much, but. When you kind of gain a, a, some experience with something like that, like I'm sure you get yeah. people, oh, when, you know, I'd love to come up and go. I mean, I, I say that. <laughs> Man, I'd love to come up and go hunting with you, Paul. <laughs> but uh, you but know, it's, you know, you kind of have to. 
You know, you got to keep be, people at arm's got, length. You got to guard bit. against that kind of stuff. And then the old, and when I was young and more dumb than I am now, I used, to, yeah, come on up. And then I learned real quick, you don't do that. Yeah, because I've had, I've had, uh, I've had great experiences and I've mm-hmm. had bad experiences. I just wrote a story for, uh, I don't remember which magazine about this very thing actually about, um, you know, over the year, over my time there, how I've had people come up. We've had great experiences. And we've had some really, really bad experiences yeah. where. But when you get up there, and, and you know this, when you get out in the bushes and you're out there for a week and there's no way of getting out of there, you're either going to, you know. Well, I think it's. It, it, you got to get with the program and you can't you can't just sit around and, 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 you know, I've had guys that, and I'm not, I've had guys just stay in camp, not do anything. I have guys yeah. that don't want to go out. I have guys that don't want to help pack. I've had all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know. Oh yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Being out in the sticks just does or funny I, things to people. It does. Brains. It really does. And and I've had guys that didn't get anything and just absolutely lose their mind. Wow. <laughs> We've been a week in the Arctic, out on the tundra. You know, a uh, couple people got caribou. You know, a couple people didn't. And I just, it was a great experience. But they just, you know, I get, and maybe for some people it's that way. Maybe they. Yeah. I know it is. If you don't get a deer, it's, disappoint, or, it's yeah. disappointing. But you got to learn that that's not what it's all about. For me, anyway. Yeah. Maybe it is for them, but for me, it's not. It's I about, mean, there's yeah. I don't know. There's always stuff to learn, right? Always stuff to see. Even you know, it can it can be a miserable experience too. You know, and that's okay. Right. But I I still just I don't know. I don't get that worked up like it may bother me that i yeah because the goal is out there to go and kill something right it is but i just don't understand the because i've seen it before too or you know it's like big time (laughs) big time party don't talk to anybody it's awful (laughs) yeah and when you're when you're stuck with someone out yeah that remote it's it can be awkward i mean it's almost like like a little mini marriage or something. It is. It is. It's exactly like that. You know. Could be, so yeah. No, go ahead. You, I mean, you got it. You got to pick them wisely. And it's, I know sometimes you don't get to do that. I know in some of the, like, uh, some of the boat-based hunts they have out down south. You yeah. know, on on the peninsula and stuff, where you get put on a boat with two or three people you don't know, and then that kind of got to grow. Like this last, when was it? Last May, my son Eli and I went with. Uh, Mike Flores. Yeah. Mike's a good friend of mine. And uh, we had uh, some of the wounded warriors on there. Oh, with cool. Us. And it was really cool. But it just took, you know, it's kind of it was kind of awkward at first. You, yeah. And, you know, and I understand that. You don't know somebody, but you're getting ready to live with them for the next week. Yep. And uh, But it grew, and uh, and it was a great thing. It ended up being a great thing. The, the guy got a bear. I helped him, helped him get his bear. Nice. And uh, we had a great time. Yeah, but, now that you mentioned it, I that, remember seeing some. It's that kind of deal, you know, even if, if you, you know, you just got to kind of learn each other, and uh, even if you do butt heads, I'm talking, you know, like in camp or somewhere like that, you know, just talk it out and say, I "Hey, know. this is how it's got to be." And ultimately, you know, all a person control can control is the, your own actions. You That's know, right. I think I just the mentality of being able to work with and adapt yeah. to someone else. You know, if both you could, you know, totally not be on the same page or butt heads right. or whatever, but if you're willing to. Yeah, we're willing to work together we're and get to stuff work done. together for the yeah. same goal. You know, you yeah. can. That's what I tell. You know, if I take anybody these days, I'm too old and I've done it too long. Not to, I just say, here's the number one rule: take care of camp. That's the number one rule. Okay, everything else, whatever. Yeah, take care of camp. That means getting wood. That means washing dishes. That means help cook. That means take care of camp, just like it's your house. Yep. And if you do that, and then we're good. Yeah. And that's what I tell them straight up. And oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've had too many where I just want to sit around the fire and not do nothing. And yeah, when crazy. it's one guy, I'm not. I'm not, not a. I'm not a guide. I'm not a guide. That's what I tell them too. I'm not a guide. This is an unguided, do-it-yourself kind of hunt. Take care yep, of business. So you're going to have to do some of it yourself. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I'm not getting paid to be a guy. I'm not a guide. I'm not getting paid. So yeah, it's just so much more fun when uh, when you know. It's the classic mini hand, you know, when everybody pitches in with right. stuff. It's, it's, stuff it's goes awesome. It's and, just awesome whenever everybody's there to have a good time and hunt and just enjoy it. And I think that's what a lot of people miss, you know miss are missing these days. So. And even on, even on, you know, like a backpack sheep hunt or whatever, if you got a good hunting partner, you're both, and you're both on the same page uh-huh. running at the same speed, you know, you're, 
just life so much easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah working together and and helping in each other's success. Maybe yep. that's how we should put that. That's yeah. that's that's what it's about. So. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I was before I forget. I was gonna. You guys are coming up on ice fishing. Have you started ice fishing? No, yet? we haven't. We have. We're getting ready to actually. Uh, when I get back next weekend, we start. Man, and ice fishing, not you, not, not, not catching these, you know, little little stalker rainbows. Yeah, we're uh, we're catching the big she fish, the inconu, the tarpon of the north, I guess if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. We, I yeah, uh, we've been doing it for a while, and it's uh, I tell you, it's it's kind of one of them deals that just that one of the, you know we talk about animals, they're there or they're not. The fish come April, end of March, April. There, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, they're uh, in Cotsby is looking a legendary she fish country. She fish I mean, that's country. The, that's I don't know of any bigger or more a better she fish fish. You want to talk about like going to the best she fish fishing place? It's Cots. right. It's world class. <laughs> it really is. Uh, you know, we when I first came up back back in the old days. Uh, you know, that was kind of like uh, that was a huge thing. That was like I mean, now for me, it's there but yeah it's it's unbelievable to drill a hole in i don't know how many feet we i haven't drilled a hole this year so i don't know say six foot of ice eight foot of ice yeah. out there in the Cotsby sound yeah you know in the ocean <laughs> in the ocean and drop a string down with a four inch treble spoon and uh and pull up a 45 50 pound fish yeah <laughs> and it's just unbelievable i don't know um it and never they, gets old, and man. They are cool fish. Oh, they're, they're cool. You know, say tarpon of the north, and they, I think they look kind of like those snook, a little bit that are down in, you know, the kind of like half tarpon, half they're a white fish. They're white fish, but they, uh, you know, big old square mouth, and yeah. big silver scales, and yeah, and man, just phenomenal eating. They're they I think are. my my uh, favorite freshwater fish. Yeah. I know I keep I keep saying on the podcast I'm on a burbot kick, but. <laughs> But those she fish are good eating. They are good eating. I tell you, they're they're white. Uh, got a few bones, but there's a way to get around that. But they are good eating. I like them. I mean, I'm a big halibut kind of guy. But uh, I mean, the halibut's hard to beat for anybody. But she fish are my are my second. And we catch so many. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we fly them right on the ice and we put them in the freezer and. You know, I mean, I I've them. cooked she fish. You know, just battered deep fry it yeah. like your yeah. typical halibut, mm-hmm. right next to halibut. And I thought I think I Did like, like she better? fish better. Really. You know, it's it seems to be, at least when I've compared it, a little bit firmer, no. bigger flakes. Yeah, it is. Meat, you yeah. know, I I like it better than pike, and I like pike too. But I do too. I like um, pike, and we catch a few pike up there too. Well, yeah. everywhere, I guess. But yeah, but yeah, the she fish. I tell you, it's uh, it's uh, it's unbelievable. I've I've spent days where. I would, or, or days fishing that I would just I'd get tired of pulling them up. Yeah, because <laughs> it's if they're hitting, it's unbelievable. Yeah, well, they they typically seem to run in schools they a do. lot. You they know? do, and it in when you're catching them out there in the ocean, is it they're kind of yarding up, getting ready to go up in the rivers yeah, yeah. in the spring. Yeah, they're getting ready to go in the spring, and then they'll end up, you know, Julyish. A lot of times, we'll fly up and uh, and float down or float back or take the boat up and up in the towards Ambler area, kind of you know, yeah. you know, over there, kind of halfway between you and me. Yep, up in that country on the Kobuk. Yeah, and uh, we do that summer fishing. And catch them on rod and reel, yeah. and that's something I mean, else too. I, I want to do that too. I know that, guys that, that, that's that have their cubs up yep, and yep. done that up there on the Hunt River. Uh, there's actually up south of Ambler, the Hunt River. That's where the and then the Salmon River all come into the Kobuk about the end of July. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. it's nonstop. It's uh, I kind of I got hooked on it. I was working on a job out in Tanana. and the general contractor had brought his boat down, mm-hmm. and so we would every night run to a river and there at the mouth of that where it hit the yukon was in june and oh we we're just hammering those <laughs> things i mean i just bring back bags yeah. of fillets yeah and uh they you know they were pretty good size you know 15 20 yeah. pounds but that was about the limit to what i've caught in the because we're talking you know the yukon's a totally different river right system. right right and it's amazing to me that you know, maybe it's because they they go out in the ocean too that, Could that be. they're in both. Because a lot of times I've noticed up here, you get fit. You know, the river systems are isolated. It's like so. How does 
mm-hmm. you know, the same fish end up across the mountain range. Yeah. <laughs> in you know, it's weird because we, I'm not aware of any wild dollies in the interior from the south of the brooks to the north of the Alaska uh-huh. range. You know, no, there's not any wild trout that I'm aware of. Um, I've never seen uh, one. Me either. But north north of the brooks and out west, I'm sure you guys get dolly bar yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, Char, basically. Char, big char. I, 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 they get, I've been hunting sheep up in the DeLongs and we would, on the Woolock River, which runs up into that country and i've caught some of the biggest char in the world and, and that's a long ways from anywhere oh yeah and uh uh but yeah we've that, got we've got them that's another bucket. actually that's up on that on the woolick river i'm giving all my secrets away aren't I? <laughs> but it's okay i've wrote about them a hundred times woolick river is probably some of the best i mean we got the ice fishing you know talking about that in Cotsview and mm-hmm. the sound but arctic char on the woolick i mean it's uh it's the best in the world People wow. actually fly up there from all over just to spend six wow. hours on the bank. Man, I mean, I mean, the world record came out of there. Geez. So, yeah, thirty-seven, thirty-seven. I don't yeah. know if it starts. It was big. Oh man, yeah. I mean, I've I've seen some of the Eastern Brooks char, and you're such a pretty fish when they're spawning. Oh, like that, that. aren't they awesome? Just uh, yeah, like the prettiest, you know, gigantic brook trout you ever mm-hmm. saw. Get the ones they they get all that red belly, that and, red belly in them. And it's a big a, one. They're, they're just they're phenomenal fish. Probably my favorite to catch on. Actually, my favorite to just photograph and look at. They're just beautiful. Oh yeah. But up there, you know, they they get there's there's tons of them. They get big, and uh, it's kind of a it's you can it's the only place I've ever been in Alaska hunting where you could actually hunt sheep, bear, moose, caribou, and catch char all on the same trip. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's a lot of so factors I, coming. Right. Together. I mean, everything's kind of it's kind of you know the perfect storm where they all kind of blend together. Mm. But like they're all coming through if yeah. it's all going right. But yeah, I've uh, I've shot bear and moose and killed caribou and watched sheep at the same time. So man, that's cool. Then that's the old days though. Yeah. That, that's twenty years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, that's uh, you know talking to you and you hear a lot of the the caribou woes you know and i know they well a few years ago they closed that whole right western half of the brooks range basically for sheep hunting yeah um it's yeah looking pretty grim huh yeah there's there's uh you know we had you know we had our our herd we had the sheep up there and uh, it was good the years that i was up there you know there was a subsistence hunt but we hunted them in the fall too yeah you know and everybody was happy, 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 and they they had fifteen ram quota. Yep. And it filled. Some days, years it didn't. It didn't. You know, all fifteen didn't get killed, but most years it did. And we, there was five or six years there. It went. It went great. And then they, and it was full curl mm-hmm. at the time. And then they opened it up to any ram. And then. Uh, did they ever open it up to any sheep? Because I know that they had. They had. I think it was. It, it was either maybe it was ten rams, five ewes. Uh, it's been so long. Oh, gotcha. Maybe that's what it was. And anyway, and then we had a bad year of no snow, and we got rain like December. Yeah. In January, it was warm that year, and there was no snow, and it was ice. And I mean, that's what fishing game or whoever says. Yeah. You know, they couldn't get to the. They couldn't browse. Yeah. And we have so many wolves. Gosh, it's like. Yeah. It's well, I know the guys out. In, you know the. And they so those two factors. Yeah pretty much put the I mean, kibosh on them they say wet you know weather and predation they're the biggest and uh they just they shut it down emergency order they shut it down um that's been what i don't even know i can't even it's been what it's eight been? eight ten years ago mm, maybe not that long not that long but it, it's been a it's few been years it's now. been a few years now since we've been able to hunt sheep up there and i flew it uh last summer up to going fishing up yeah and i flew that country and we seen four four rams huh uh they weren't they weren't they were just rams, but so that was a good sign. Yeah, where people weren't seeing any at all. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know the status on it. I haven't talked to anybody. But uh, well, you know, there's. I think a lot of people think that okay, you just leave it alone, it'll be fine. I know. Well, there's wet, you know, and weather and predation by far are the biggest factors on sheep uh-huh. populations here, and. I think a lot of times, you know, one or the other can put a dent in them. I mean, the weather can be the most dramatic, mm-hmm. like, but when you get a big hit with the weather and yeah. there's a lot of wolves running around, yeah. 
you know, talking to the old timers, the, you know, the glory days of the Brooks, uh-huh. a lot of them, attri- you know, whether they're right or not, a lot of them attribute it to every guide up there, even when they weren't supposed to airplane and wolves right. every spring they'd go up there and just shoot every wolf they could find right you know that's you know to be frank that's what a lot of the the guys that have been a few guys i know that have been up there yeah. you know, kind of pioneered that country as far as modern day stuff goes said that you know that's what they attribute all that the glory days of sheep hunting up yeah there yeah to. all right i know that uh you know we got i don't know what our har- our bag limits 20 i think 20 wolves you can I can shoot twenty wolves or unlimited with a tra- with a trap. It's unrimited with the, and and then with just rifling you can shoot twenty. But in the old days, a lot of guys did it too. Yeah. And there's a few that still do the trappers. They're up there, but it's not like it used to be. I used to know guys that would come up there and they the, the guys that run their trap lines and yeah, every year twenty wolves and I would see them you know taking them and selling them and stuff and or guys on on snow machines and yep. hunting wolves you know. Yep. And they'd get 20 wolves every year. There's still some of those guys, you know, um, because we used to add a Norvik. It's been a couple of years. Uh A couple of years ago, we got like a wad of like 30 wolves out of Norvik. Really? That I had to, they came into town, they were scun and froze, came into town in like April. And so I had to go (laughs) buy a couple of freezers to put them in to like get them them all put up. They, uh, but there's still some guys that do it, and I'm glad they do it. There's more of us need to do it. You know, same way with the bear thing. I tell you, the bear population is just... It's, yeah. take, it's taken off. What it's, were you telling me you would? It's crazy. You were moose hunting or something. We were moose hunting last fall, uh, and in one evening, seen seventeen bears in a quarter mile stretch of river. Seventeen. We, a sow and three a sow and three cubs. A two a pair two sets of sows with three cubs Man. in one group. And I'm not talking little cubs. I'm talking two year olds still Man. with her. And then we seen uh, it was unbelievable. And all, they were hitting the fish. The fish were, you know, they were coming through. But And we wonder why there's no moose up in that country anymore. There's just too many dang bears. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, we can shoot two now, and we can bait. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, get into but, that. Because cause I talk about, you know, <laughs> and some people like how... You know, I, I talk about how we aren't... The feds aren't exactly considered our friends exactly, in a lot of right, cases. right. Uh, you know, and you know, you live out there in a lot of you know that whole Western Brooks is yeah. federal land. Yeah, it's all federal land. I mean, whenever they proposed the baiting thing, I was at the meeting, and uh, and the, the 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 Park Service just they did not want to have anything to do with that. They, oh yeah, oh we're not doing it. Well, well and that went up to the top. You know, where before Obama got out, they uh, basically said you can't do any of this stuff on federal land. Unfortunately, that got reversed. Yeah. So, yeah, they. Uh, they uh, they kind of fought it, but uh, the problem is we can do it. It's great. I think we should do it, but just only where I live, it's hard. Oh yeah, because you know if you got to bait, you know this, and, and guys that that do bait, you got to check it. You got to you got to doctor. You got to get it ready. So where I live, you got to at least go thirty miles, either by boat or by plane. Yep. To check it, and you got to do this on a regular basis. You yep. can't just drive. And getting your bait, you know, bait to use. I know. I know. You know that's. Even in town, it's not cheap. Right. Used you know? to be, though, huh? Long a while When I first came up here and used to go with some guys uh, hunting down in Beluga, some of these down on, in the south part, uh, they could get it pretty much free in those days, but then everybody figured out how, yeah, so, like everything else, you know, well, I can make a little money off those breadcrumbs, or I can make a little money off that popcorn, or I Yeah, can, and I could, I could do better, you know, better as far as getting it cheaper, you know, I... Um, I've used some old bread and stuff right, before, right. but I then then you got to unwrap all the stuff individually yeah. and dump it out and pick up all the little tabs and all your tra- you know just dog food. Seems dog is, food's the simple way. Huh? It's simple. It works well. It's you know it right it, up it, there. It's yeah. I mean it's uh, you don't make near the mess. Yeah, that, and, it, and it, you get, it'll get cleaned up yeah. eventually by everything. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, a lot of times before the season's even over, you know, you don't. There's not really much cleanup to do at the end right. of the season, just because it's. Yeah, it's hard to get up there though. It's and it's so everything's so expensive, like we've talked about. And I haven't done any baiting yet. We've we've got all the stuff to do it. Uh, I want to do it. I know some guys in town in Cottesville that are doing it. Uh, they got airplanes though, so it makes it a little bit easier for them to fly out and check, check, yeah. check their baits all the time. But you know, uh, they had a lot of success with it last fall. Shot some good bears. Um, you know, we can take two now. 
which yeah, which still, is good. It, still isn't it? It isn't enough. enough. <laughs> People just you just got to be a diehard hunter or love hunting bears to do it every year. Yeah, most guys one bear a lifetime. That's it. They'll have a rug made. They'll put it on the wall. Whatever, one a lifetime. But it's went unchecked, and I you know I don't know. Used to be one every four years, then it was one every two yeah. years, then it was one year. Now it's two. Now is yeah. is it going to be more? Well, something's going to have to change soon because our moose populations are going down, bear populations are going up, and the caribou, well, they're about the same. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it may be a cycle. I don't know, but you know, you well, you wonder. <clears throat> I don't know how you know what obviously they they go in some in sorts of cycles right, i'm right. just thinking like what you know when is it there used to be statewide not that long ago pretty intense you know war on predators right type of thing. exactly and it wasn't you know to eliminate them all but it there's no like what is the to basically what recovered everything from market hunting in the interior right. was the federal government poisoning <clears throat> You know, dropping poison out of airplanes is you know uh-huh. meatballs of poison right, just right. killed everything and that and you know I think my dad was it was all it says when he was a kid you know it was like you go to jail for shooting a cow moose yeah type of thing <laughs> so you know there was a big boom in ungulates and I mean it was you just can't really argue the fact that it was because a guy you know yeah. the predator control yeah uh, I just know that. It's getting crazy up there, and the moose populations. They did. They did a, a the fishing game. I talked to the fishing game guy up there, and they they tagged seventy seven moose calves. Yeah. Last year, they found sixty of them dead. Jeez. Bears. No. Yeah. Well, that was on the, the Kobuk. You know, and, I, and I don't. I mean, I that's the if I remember right, that's what he told me. And I know, I know. We they they surveyed the the no attack. Uh, Squirrel River drainage, where a lot of hunting goes on, mm-hmm. a lot of fly-in caribou caribou yeah. through there. There was they surveyed it two years ago, thirty-eight hundred fifty-three thousand eight hundred fifty, I believe the number, around thirty-eight hundred moose. They did it this year, thirteen hundred. It's half, half gone. Yeah, it's you know, and, and I know, I know, it's just not. It, maybe it's just not bears, but I guarantee you, it's bears and wolves. They, they have, they have an, a big impact. I mean the. You know, just the areas. Oh, I'm trying to. I don't even know if I want to talk about this. Like, giving away too much information. <laughs> but there's areas that I mean, it's since they've allowed baiting grizzlies that the moose population has done, has, has doing a lot better. Oh, that's good. And because they, I'm glad well, to hear that. You know, the state did study. What was study? It was where they collared grizzlies with. Was it with cameras? I think so. And. Some bears are just moose kill, you know. Yeah, just you know, you get some bear. Maybe the average bear would kill so many calves a year, but there would be some bears that would kill thirty, forty, yeah. whatever calves a spring. I think the average that's a lot. That's that's, that's a, a shitload lot. of moose. That's a lot. I think the average. Again, I'm I'm just all these numbers that I've wrote about or researched. I think one big one male bear, one big bear, one adult bear kills on average nine moose a year. Yeah. Does that sound does that sound crazy? That sounds it's, high for me, but yeah. I believe and don't quote me people out there if you hear this, so you can go check it out yourself. But I think I think that's right. I would I would nine be, moose a year. You know, I'd believe that and I think <clears throat> on a on an average cuz you get some of those like I've seen a few of these great big boars killed in the fall in the interior, like their claws are pristine. Uh-huh. Like they're not digging for nothing. They're not digging for nothing. You know, they're moose killers. We you got, know? We, I think you get some that that's yeah, just what they, they do, do, and they're big enough to kill an adult moose by themselves. Yeah. And they're just hell on the calves. You know, the calves don't have a chance. They don't. My buddy Lou and I, we sh- he shot a big bear last spring that we had just we caught him on a moose a day he, he just yeah. killed a moose young young bull all his left was four legs and a little bit of hindquarter yeah and he was right you know he was he was like he took off but he was he was fat you talk about fat and this is like middle of april so he had been out of the den probably a couple of weeks pristine had this much fat i mean oh, he had man. he was so fat it was unbelievable and just in good shape and you could tell he had probably had he looked like he had eight nine moose <laughs> well in that one there was a the 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 biggest grizzly i killed he 
He was kind of the same way because that you. I mean, you said that that bear was a giant, like twenty yeah. over twenty six inch skull yeah, yeah. for a like above the Arctic Circle grizzly, yeah. just a yeah. monster for a tundra grizzly. He was a monster. And uh, the one, I, the biggest one I killed was like had like a little over twenty five inch skull, mm-hmm. which I mean, he was j- just kind of the same thing. Basically, like a brown bear, right? Brown bear, body That's, size, yeah. you know, in in the interior. And but he he had an old he'd even had his his front leg broke he'd been really? shot in the fall i assume because the wound was all healed he uh-huh. came you know he came in lifting you know holding one leg up just not missing a beat <laughs> came right in and uh i shot him and was thinking man i wonder you know he must have got kicked by a moose or something, something like that and i went over there and his leg was broke like not the bone was not, not attached <laughs> and i think man you know a moose must have kicked him right, right, and right. busted his leg because uh-huh. there was no wound right well um skinning him and in that that was before you when you had to actually haul the meat out oh yeah which that stuff was awful but <laughs> um so we're skinning him and, and butchering him up and there's a 375 bullet kind of good all kind of cartilage calcification in there, stuff huh? in his brisket really and this, but what I was getting to is that bear was just fat. Yeah. This, you know, I mean, considering that injury in the fall, he had enough fat on him to make it through the winter and into June. Yeah. And still, like, in, this bear, uh, this I, thing was I, a moose killer. I, yeah. This, this guy we got was, too, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, I mean, he had, I bet he had five inches on him. I mean, he had Jeez. that much. It was just wads of fat and, and, it was unbelievable how fat this bear was. Yeah, something you would expect. And, in the and fall, it, I mean, right? it, yeah, and it was it was it was mid April, and you know we still had two or three feet of snow on the ground. Yeah, so you I know, showed me the picture. I know, was... I know he was a moose killer. I just know it. So anyway, yeah, but uh, yeah, so and that's kind of the downside, you know. Every the feds just will not get behind any kind of. They're more of the you know, whether it's pre, you say the preservation, like don't touch it, keep yeah. people out, yeah. type of mentality, and that's what I think irritates a lot of us is, yeah. you know, yeah, you know they they want to turn they it treat into, it like it's theirs, yeah, they want to turn everything into Yellowstone's what they want to yeah. do, and and that's you know you can't do that. I mean, up anywhere, but up where I live, especially because that land, we you know. We rely on that land and the animals on that land to hunt those animals. And, I mean, it should be open to everybody. It's federal land. That's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. It belongs to everybody. Yep. As long as you follow the rules and buy your tags and your license, come hunt. But they just – they just. well, I mean, even in Fairbanks, it was kind of – the paper or what? They kind of discovered that the Park Service, especially, like they're kind of the worst, was operating under an unwritten – directive to basically manage to keep people out mm. and you see some of these like just foolish rules they mm. make it's it's all just designed to be a hindrance and make it you know i guess you know this is my own personal opinion um but i think that they the, that's they don't want people to touch it it's you know they like <laughs> you said you want it to be their own private yellowstone yeah, yeah. and and they just do a lot. Some people, like there's some individuals, I think that that do a very good job. Right, right. There but are. There's it lots. doesn't take very many. All it takes is one person in a, uh, you know, whether it's a refuge manager or yeah. in a position like that that doesn't want people in there, and you know, they make just stupid rules that yeah. are that try to, you know, to where a certain amount of people are just going to be. Ah, oh, it's not worth it. I'll just go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Yeah, I know. It's. Uh... We've been pretty lucky. We've had a couple of those role type of people up there, but uh, right now things are they're they're better. Uh, you know, we can kind of do whatever we want to, and we get to hunt it. But yeah, I'm with you on that. I've I've seen some some stupid rules. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. I mean, I remember one one time we were going. My cousin and I were going goat hunting in uh, in the Wrangles in the preserve down there, uh-huh. and just walking in and. Uh, we didn't kill any goats, but <laughs> we were going in there and see, I, I'd been sheep hunting in the preserve up in the brooks mm-hmm. and had, you know, we'd got checked out by these 
park rangers and it's funny because the pilot that flew them up there to do their little patrol was the same one that flew us in yeah isn't that weird how that happens but he <laughs> it, he was cool because he, he he told us afterwards he said yeah i flew them in they asked you know where'd they which direction they go and whatever and he said i think they went that way and pointed into the hard park <laughs> <laughs> but they no basically flat out lied to us about a few things they uh and this the one particular guy had got into some trouble for just and eh, long different story <laughs> but uh the thing that guys does you know he basically threatened us well i should write you a ticket for not having a bear proof you know, little food drum in your backpack and i'm like what are you talking about you know really you know those little tiny yeah you know, i know exactly what you're talking about you know so, oh that you can fit you know <laughs> two breakfasts in two breakfasts yeah a couple of bars so i was like you gotta be kidding you know well you know we'll i'll give you a warning this time and I'm done. You know, I'm like, it never even occurred to me. Like, why would I know? You know. So anyway, so we get get back and out of there, and uh, something they were harassing somebody else in there too. It ended up get like blowing up a little bit. Really? I got drug didn't not drug by there was there was no kind of like law right, legal right, right, implications right. or anything. But um, after that, it was that same year we were went down on this goat hunt and mm-hmm. stopped in the little park service office to look at a map or something. And the lady in there, well, you guys have your bear proof food containers, right? I said, we're we're hunting the preserve. We don't need them because I looked after right, after right. this. I went and looked at all the park service rules, and I could find <laughs> nothing in the hard park. You know, if your backpack, well, that's all you could do in there is just walk around with a backpack. Mm-hmm. In the hard park, you had to have those. Uh, required to have bear proof food container but not in the preserve i mm-hmm. couldn't find anything in the preserve so i'm telling this she's like well the park's inside the pre- or the preserves inside the park and i'm like no but it's two different designations it's two different things you know, no but the park goes all the way around the because that part of the wrangle preserve goes all the way and finally <laughs> just okay give me one and left it in the truck give me you know, one she, and the happy. funny thing she because we want to keep the bears from getting killed you know whatever and i'm like it's bear season we see a brown bear we're gonna shoot his ass all right that's you the know? thing though they don't want they just they, they want to keep their own little yellowstone going they don't want to they don't want it's like our the bear baiting thing i remember the she stood up and we're not gonna allow that and they just we all just kind of looked at each other and Okay. Yeah. Well, what it, next? Well, what what it boils because you know, and what whether you what no matter your personal feelings on baiting them, if you haven't tried it, you don't really understand. All right. Especially with grizzly bears, in my experience, anyway, it's just a different thing than you think it's going to be. But at the core of it, they just don't want to see some people like that individual. They they just don't want to see bears right. killed. Right. They want to do you know. It's like their moral mission to keep these animals safe save the bears and they don't really understand the i don't think they really understand the science behind how devastating when you get too many of them can be on other animals yeah maybe they need to to look into that i don't know and it's one thing when no one is depending on having those animals around for I know, food. I know. You know. And when you live in the culture that we live in where you you know, you gotta get you need to get a moose every year and you or you need to get caribou every year yeah. or you need to get muskox, which that's become my moose lately. Yeah. Uh, and if they're not there then you have to either go to the store and buy hamburger meat which costs, you know, eight bucks a pound or stuff that you you know, you gotta fly to Anchorage twice a month to buy groceries. You know, we depend on those animals a lot, and that's I think that's a some some things that people don't understand that the subsistence lifestyle. You know, I've always it's always been a fine line for me the subsistence lifestyle I leave plus the hunting, yeah. I'll, and I'll just say it the trophy hunting the, part of me. Yeah, you know, I bring those two together. I remember a long time ago, oh, you're just a trophy hunter. Yeah, I'm a trophy hunter from the tip of his nose to the tip of his ass. That's my yeah. trophy, buddy. Yeah, if I bust my butt and I get it, and I put him in the freezer and I put him on the wall, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, it's mine. That's my business. Yep. And I fought that for years and years, living up there where I do. And it's you know, and I'm a bow hunter too. Which well, that, you get, I, I, that, I got a little more credence since I'm a bow hunter because oh yeah, he's a bow hunter. That's a little tougher. Let's do that. So yeah, well, and some of so the, it's all been good. It's yeah. all good now. So. Yeah. Well, some of the, and some of the because that's kind of the argument that um, some of the locals have gotten, like in the Koyukuk, you know where. If, unless you draw the tag, you got to cut your. You can go up there and hunt moose, but you got to cut the antlers 
on the spot, you know, tro- <laughs> because because the trophy hunters that were coming up there and killing all the moose is what the argument was, true or not. Right, right. Um, but we're all people. Like yeah, it's everybody, not. You know, I, I most of those people that I those people like most people that are purely or more purely a subsistence and like we live in where you're at everybody up there is more of a subsistence right. than anybody in the lower 48 that's true enough um so you know it's all a matter of perspective but everybody you know if you've got there's some people that do you know say they prefer the little bulls but everybody you know you got two, two you know 45 and a 60 inch bull yeah, standing next I'm to each gonna other everybody's going to shoot the, the big 60, one going to shoot the 60 you know but if it, the 45 is all it's there i'm going to take him too oh yeah absolutely. and that's it you know that's that's the that's their that's the way of thinking and, and that's kind of why with moose how i am anyway i mean i if if i'm putting the effort in to go to a really good area and looking yeah. for uh, specifically for a great big moose i'll do that but man you know for all intensive purposes if it's got if it's got antlers it's going in the right, freezer exactly. i do not care i love moose and frankly those little ones are a little small easier to work on i know yourself. see everybody thinks well uh, it, the trophy hunters they're killing the big moose and you get a moose down it's not that trophy becomes a a lot of work and instantly and and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the thing that people don't get is it's worth it every every hour you spend cutting skinning packing is worth it because I don't think there's a finer meat in the world, in my opinion. I love moose. I moose mean, is I, my favorite by far. I don't know if it's my see. I yeah, I haven't had a lot. Of, you had a lot more muskox than me. Yeah, I, it's uh, you know, I haven't I haven't actually shot a moose in a few years, but I've I've been getting that muskox tag up there, and it's become like I said, it's become my it's become my moose meat. Every year we kind of count on it. It's good. Yeah. It's uh, you wouldn't think that muskox is it's very m- well marbled. It looks like beef. It looks like beef, yeah. And considering what they eat, you wouldn't think it would be marbled at all. But uh, it does have a little wang to it. I think uh, my wife and son love it more than any other meat. Yeah. And I'm I'm getting kind of down on the list on my stuff, but uh, it's good. Yeah. Just like anything else, though, the way you cook it. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, uh, but yeah, moose meats. I mean, I. You get so accustomed to it. Like I was down in Colorado back in December, had some deer. Right. You know, like had some mule deer. No, I've actually both. It was whitetail. And it's good, mm-hmm. but it was just different. I was like, it's not moose. It's not moose, is it? <laughs> you compare everything to moose nowadays. That's the way yeah. I am. It's not moose. Uh, caribou is the same way. You know, when I first went up there, and we got caribou all the time mm-hmm. and kind of got on that diet. And then. You get a big moose, and you start eating moose, and eh. then you got something to compare. Then you get muskox, and but moose is still number one. Yeah, for me. I like moose. I, I love blacktail too. I think if I had my choice, black. T- I mean, there's all all sort of factors to consider. You know, right, moose right. is definitely the biggest bang for the buck. Um, yeah, all. Yeah, eat it, eat it till I die. I know my dad said he, he said he didn't think he had a beef steak till he was like fourteen or so. <laughs> you know, didn't you know thought didn't, and you know, didn't like beef because that's all that you know. Right, exactly. Back in that day, like my my grandpa was, uh, you know, basically grew up poaching to survive in the depression. Yeah, and uh, when he was a kid, and then after he moved up here, it was it was it was definitely a subsistence mentality it was kind of a community thing you know he's dead and gone statute of limitations is over but i mean my dad talks about well when he was kids you know dad got a moose you know one moose that was good if he got two or three that was even better we'd bring them all you know right bring them all back to the neighborhood and everyone had come over and and have some cut them up and distribute it and you know it's survival yeah so it was that's just kind of how he there was a story my grandma told and somewhere she had it on an eight millimeter video they're driving this little two track moose hunting and my grandpa's looking out the side and so aren't you going to shoot those ones and two big bulls fighting in the middle of the really two tracks he jumps up <laughs> boom boom <laughs> two of them but uh and the work began yeah it was uh it was a different time yeah but, but uh i love hunting moose too i i I like we haven't I haven't really killed a big moose. I used to go with a lot of guys and help them 
get their moose. Yeah. And then I would, you know, and that's the way it is with Lou and I. Lou's my hunting partner up there, uh, Lou Pagel, good friend of mine. And everything we do, you know, if we if I get a muskox and he gets half, I get half. And we yeah. do that on everything. And But we haven't got a moose in a few years. We haven't really. We've seen one bull last year that was probably 65-ish on that bear yeah. thing when we were hunting and we seen yeah. all the bears and how we seen one moose when amongst all them bears i'll never know but he had, he headed for the high country he was gone we couldn't ever catch up with Man. him well i hate to cut this short but we got i get places to be unfortunately <laughs> um but man it's been great catching up with you, you too buddy you're able to uh i know we talked about it for a long time but uh nice to actually link up and get to sit down and talk a little yeah. bit yeah well uh we need to get you up in the arctic yep the Arctic. The Arctic. <laughs> Get you <laughs> no, up there and uh, see what we can do. Because I, I wish, I wish, you know, I wish some people, I wish residents of Alaska would say, you know, I want to go grizzly bear hunting. Well, come up there and go grizzly bear hunting. I mean, yeah. <laughs> transport out and you can shoot a caribou and shoot a bear at the same time. Yep. Because we need, we need help. It's just right to the point where hunters practically aren't enough gonna be they're enough not they're not enough it, and that's know? what I, that's what i'm worried about i don't know what they're going to do because it's just it's just more and more and more so yeah but maybe it'll figure out maybe it's cycles but yeah great visiting cool. with you buddy yeah. likewise man and uh safe travels and i'll i'll catch you next time i guess catch you next time all, all right, right. Uh, thanks for listening everybody if you have any comments or questions you can email podcast at tundertalkak.com and uh appreciate it if you leave a review on whatever platform you listen on thank you